Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! You're listening to Headliners, the show featuring the best and brightest of music from all over the world. Please welcome your host, Greg Howard Jr. Please welcome to the show a a, a fantastic artist that I have just discovered that I have recently become quite the fan of. Uh, It's it's Mooney. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you so much for having me. So tell me, uh, what's what's out from you right now that we should all be listening to? Yeah, so I put out a EP in April, April 7th, called Podunk. Um, and that is the latest thing I dropped that I'm really proud of and would love for people to check it out. So if you had to describe Podunk using only one word, what would that word be? exhausting (laughs) (laughs) it's uh i feel like it's a lot to take in and one listen through in the sense of the the songs go places and yeah i kind of just threw away any sort of quote rules at least rules that i've given myself in the past um, and tried to make something that felt like what I was feeling in the process of writing it. And a lot of that turned into pretty chaotic scene shifts throughout certain songs. Um, There's a song on the EP called Daddy. And that song is like four songs in one. So it was really, really fun to make, really fun to write and kind of stretched me creatively and emotionally. Um, Yeah. Who is an artist that uh, if they jumped into the Zoom right now and said, Mooney, you have to come on tour with me right this minute. Who are we dropping everything for? Oh, my gosh. I would drop everything for right now. Um, This, okay, this feels like such a generic answer, but I kid you not that they are just such a massive influence on me not even necessarily in that i feel like my music sounds like them but just from day one i've been listening to everything they put out but coldplay um when i watch live videos of them which i have yet to see them live 
I cry. And I feel like they've they've done something that no other band has done and captured the hearts of people in such a unique way. And I would love to join them. That's awesome. You're I w I wanna say you're the first person to say Coldplay for this question. So so not generic at all. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. That's great. I would have not expected the well, I feel like that's the that's something that people would avoid giving an answer for because it's so like generic in the sense of every single person on earth probably knows about them that listens to music, but I I can't deny that I am just unashamedly such a massive fan. And I think anyone can understand why. I think they're amazing. If uh, you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Yeah, I was uh, thinking about this earlier. I would love for the industry to shift into a a season and time of being less formulaic. I think there's a reason the quote formula exists and there's a reason it does well, but I think we as consumers are itching for things that are genuine and things that are new. And I think sticking to the same formula is not conducive to that. Um, and it's not conducive for like, the most authentic art to shine through and make it to the top. I think there's a ton of art and music that does really authentic and genuine things that has a good following. But like, if we're looking at the top artists in the world, to some degree, they're all kind of doing the same thing. And I think it's because of the quote, formula that I mentioned before that works. So I would love to just see kind of a top down change in letting artists do whatever they want and not necessarily getting so many hands of so many people that think they know what is perfect and right involved and really letting the artist's voice shine through the most um i need to still listen to the whole thing but post malone dropped a new record that i was listening to a lot of the singles that were releasing beforehand and i feel like he's doing somewhat of what i'm talking about it just feels it feels like him and you know he's in a position of making it to the top um and doing it in a way that i think is was authentic but also you know in some ways formulaic and i'm sure he had a lot of fun getting there but i think this new record is a great example of like oh this is this is austin speaking not necessarily like the team American speaking so yeah, just less formulaic and more authentic is what I would love to see. Uh, what is a venue that you would give anything to play? What's the dream venue? Oh, I think right now it would be uh, Brooklyn Bowl in Nashville, Tennessee. I live in Nashville, and Brooklyn Bowl is one of the newest venues in town. Uh, I feel like the classic Nashville answer is the Ryman. And I, I would love to obviously play the Ryman. It's very sick. But I feel like just as a person that goes to shows, I am, I enjoy going to a show more at Brooklyn Bowl than at the Ryman. Uh, I think it's the sound there is amazing. The vibe is great. You can go bowling if you want, which hopefully no one would bowl while I play. But uh, yeah, it's a cool venue. 
I like that. And you know, the 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 few people that we've had uh from Nashville on the show, it's it's usually the Ryman. I've had a few um non-country artists say that they want to play the Opry, which I think would be cool if the Opry started like pulling in non-country artists to play there. I think that would be epic. I was just talking to my wife about that. Uh, this past week we went to, so the Opry is right next to the mall and we are not mall goers, but we are movie goers. And we just got a uh, movie pass, which is back like the 2017 movie pass that everyone was going to movies for free, basically. And then they went bankrupt. That company is back and movie pass works great. And we went to the mall, which is right next to Opry Mills. So we were passing Opry Mills every single time we went, like four times in the last week, which is just funny because we're not mall goers and we were there so many times because there's so many great movies out right now. But yes, we were just talking about how we weren't sure if Opry only booked country acts, but it sounds like what you're saying, they, they do only book country acts. What do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? Um, I think my worst habit is cut out the silence here. Like this was one that as I was looking over, <laughs> I, was, I was like, what is, what am I going to answer here? Um, I think my worst habit is doubting myself. Um, a lot of the way I write is stream of conscious and producing as I write. So um, it'll look like me maybe establishing like a, a strong vibe um, with drums, bass, guitar, and then kind of humming a melody on top of that and then adding lyrics after I've established the melody. Um, but the lyrics are kind of central around the theme that kicks off the songwriting process. Um, I usually like have a concept or an, an idea of something I want to write about. And then I kind of start with production and build it out from there. Um, and I think along the way, there's a lot of times where I'll hit this like, oh shit, this sucks. <laughs> and I don't necessarily think it makes me, I don't think it's ever really made me completely stop the idea or not see it through maybe a couple times here and there, I usually will finish out whatever it is that I'm writing and chase it to the end. But there's a lot of steps along the way where I'm like, okay, Seth, what are you doing? <laughs> is this any good? And sometimes it's the songs I doubt the most that end up being the songs I like the most at the end. Um, the song that I have coming out next week which by the time this podcast comes out uh it'll be out for a week was honestly one of those songs it it's my next single it is so entirely different than the ep i just released um if i describe the ep i just released as exhausting my next single is kind of the definition of easy listening um and it's just fun it's honestly like the point of it is just a little breather and a little break and a little bit of fun before it's back to impending doom with some stuff I have coming up in the pipeline. So um yeah, that was that was a lot of overthinking as I was creating that song. Being like, is this too different than what I've already had out? It's not by any means a song that is like like it is an extremely accessible fun song. I think most of the public will listen to it and think that 
it's fun, <laughs> but it's, it's just different than what I've been putting out um, for the last year. So yeah, just overthinking. From the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast, Your Life, the Mixtape and Headliners comes Your Life, the Mixtape magazine, a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music, culture, and social commentary on current news and events. Visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today. How would uh, you describe your music using only colors and shapes? It's a great question. I Each project of mine kind of uh, is a different aesthetic as a whole. So I'll just take uh, Podunk and my next single, which is called Fall in Love. Um, Podunk in colors. Uh, and this is strictly based off of all of the aesthetics that I released alongside of it, all the photos and videos, which I feel like definitely capture the vibe. It's a lot of blacks and reds and browns um, and tans, kind of earthy colors. And the pop of color is always red. Um, that red is either blood that's streaming down my head or um, different fonts, or sorry, different colors with the, with the text and fonts that I'm using. Um, so earthy colors and then shapes, maybe like triangles and cones things with sharp edges um yeah and then my new single fall in love that is kind of a blue like a darker blue mixed with silver and white um all of the visuals i'm releasing alongside of this song have me in the air or like pointed up towards the sky you can never see the ground so it's very blue like you can see a lot of the sky um and that's intentional because this song is called fall in love so i wanted to kind of give the feeling of i'm in the sky and i'm in the air and the ground's below me but you don't know what it looks like um so on the album cover you see me falling straight towards the camera with some trees kind of popping up on the sides and the peripherals, um, hinting at this world to come, but only being able to see the sky in the moment. And the world to come is what will eventually be revealed um, with, the, with the album that I am sitting on, that I've worked on this entire year. Do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer? I think both. I, I really feel like I am alive on the stage when I'm playing live, but I do think that my art is something I'm very proud of. So I know that's a, that's a non-answer because I'm saying both, but I, I do think both. It's um, you're one of only a handful of people who, who have said both. Usually, usually it's either or. So, so well done. Tell me about uh, the moment in your career you're most proud of. Um, right now, I think it is rolling out all of Podunk, that EP that I released in April. I'm very, very happy with how those songs turned out. Um, 
making this kind of a sonic landscape of that entire project. And I'm really, really proud of the visuals that I released alongside of it. I think uh, I worked with Luke Holliday, who is an amazing cinematographer in Nashville and also happens to be my brother-in-law. Um, and our creative collaboration on kind of the world that is Podunk, I felt like was really strong and super fun to get to work with him on those. So I'm really, really proud of all those songs. And I feel like they found the ears that I wanted them to find and are continuing to do that. So when did you decide that you wanted to pursue music? I decided that really early on in my life. I feel like as a kid, I would, uh, I grew up in the church and I would always be watching the drummer every time the like worship music set would start. And I would just stare at the drummer the entire time. Um, and I knew I wanted to be a drummer from an early age. And so in middle school, I started learning it. Um, and then that didn't feel like it was enough for me. So it wasn't until early high school that I started noodling around on guitar and piano and figured out you know, the basic chords that'll let you write a song, <laughs> like the four chords that any song can be written around. So um, I started trying to write songs really early on in high school and most of them were shit until I feel like <laughs> late college, I started understanding how to do the thing, at least for myself. Um, but yeah, really early on, but I think it really kicked in, I would say freshman year of high school is when I was like, okay, I love this. A, a huge, a huge part of that was joining choir um, choir was kind of my sport in high school and that showed me and taught me that I could sing and that I really enjoyed the non-percussive part of music because I had only really just drummed up until then and that's now carried over into uh, Mooney because when I play live there's a good chunk of the show where I'm drumming and singing at the same time. I don't do the whole show from the drums, but um, I definitely do some of it. And then the rest of it, I'm either just on a mic or on a guitar and mic. So if you could start your career over from day one, would you do anything differently? Um, I would move to Nashville sooner. <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> The city really, I don't know, it's like, it's like an incubator for artists and creatives. And I, I wasn't expecting it to be um, as influential to my career as I have found it to be uh, in the last, so I, I moved to Nashville. Well, I'll say this, most of my life in music up until 2022, I was either working a full-time job or working a part-time job alongside doing my music just to make ends meet. But uh, I contributed to, you know, one, my, my pursuit of this career of music, but also I feel like just the city of Nashville kind of helped incubate and grow everything I was doing just from the people I was meeting and the opportunities I was getting um, to where I was able to go 
quote full-time music. Um, well, I don't even know why I put that in quotes. I am a full-time artist right now. It just feels weird to say, say still that I am a musician for a living. But um, yeah, I, I largely attribute that to just the amazing uh, community in that show that like inspired me to go for it even more. I think in, when I lived in Texas before I moved to Nashville, it was like I was one of a couple people I knew that was doing music. And now in Nashville, it's like all of my friends are artists. And I was so new and weird for me at first. And now I'm much more used to it, but it's, it's very exciting. And I think all my friends that are also artists are doing things that are very inspiring and, and cool and authentic. Uh, yeah, it feels like there's this like growing generational wave of artists in Nashville that that I know that are doing really authentic things. And I'm very honored to be a part of that community. Hello there. I, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favorite subscription only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up. When are you most creative? Ooh. So here's, here's kind of how I, I work on projects i think of the concept of projects far before i start writing any of the songs or any uh you know demoing things out or putting pen to paper um and i just kind of stew in this like brainstorm creative storm season of like conceptualizing things and not even like writing anything down. I just like keep it in my head and it, and it mulls around my brain. Um, and I feel like I'm the most creative when I decide, okay, I can't hold these things in my brain anymore. I have to like sit down with a guitar or a computer or whatever and like create this. Um, and then it's like low state. Uh, I'm very much like I can only work in a flow state. I'm not the type that can like force myself to get into a 
mindset of like being creative i kind of have to like chase a, a feeling and a vibe whenever i'm working on it so with the with the album that i am wrapping up right now that i've spent almost all this year making um i was sitting on the conceptualized songs for months and then as soon as it was like okay i can't hold this in i just like wrote the record in less than a month and then, then finished producing it in like a little over a month so um yeah it's exciting and i think so i i co-produce with michael Gio, who is an amazing producer and mixer in town and having him i feel like when i when him and i are working together after i've kind of taken the songs as far as i want to on my own or i'm able to on my own when him and i get together and kind of take, have a fresh look at the song and figure out how to make it even better those days in the studio with Michael, I also feel are some of my like most creative flow state moments. Um, Cause him and I just have a very special creative relationship that um, I hope to never take for granted. So if this podcast suddenly turned into like a tiny desk concert type thing, uh, what would be the first song on the set list? The first song would be Airplane. It is the first song on my EP, Podunk. And it starts really soft and intimate and then gets really aggressive by the end. And I feel like it's a good introduction to not only the EP, but also a live show. What advice would you give uh, to the next generation of artists? Um, I would say, and excuse my language, but fuck the man. I would say, do your thing and don't don't let anyone tell you that you shouldn't or that that's a bad idea or that that's not going to reach the people you want to reach or the, or the amount of people you want to reach. I think when we think about the artists that have the cult following or the you know, fanatic of crazy fans, a lot of the time it's the artists that are able to build a world that comes from their brain and not from the man's brain. Um, I think the man only knows so much. So I would say just do your thing and be confident in it. And also um, take as much time as you need to fully conceptualize it before you start to put stuff out so that you can come out of the gate swinging because you only have one shot at a first impression so yeah that would be my advice if there were 25 hours in a day what would you do with that extra hour oh man i would sleep <laughs> one extra hour of sleep are you kidding me that sounds heavenly that's literally my answer <laughs> <laughs> So what do you want people to take away from your music? With my music, you know, I, I mentioned before, it kind of changes pretty drastically per project. So it, it depends on what realm of the universe they're listening to. But I think the overarching theme, and, you know, this has been kind of my, quote, slogan or whatnot since the beginning, uh, it's we are all Mooney, and that 
is alluding to the idea of like when we when we're doing what we love the most to the best of our abilities that's when we're basically doing what we're created to do and what we're meant to do on this earth and what other people will be inspired from the most so uh yeah we are all moving this kind of this we're all in this together and like even if you're an accountant that loves accounting or a construction worker that loves building buildings or an artist that loves to paint or an artist that loves to create music whenever you put your all into it and hold nothing back and try to capture and understand why you enjoy doing what you're doing and um yeah it's just like hone in to what drives you when you are moving and i don't mean like you are me i mean like this collective consciousness we're all the same and we're all starting from an equal level playing field so let's do it together um yeah i just hope my music can bring people together and help inspire them to be more of themselves so tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on your music Yes, just look up Mooney. Make sure it's the all lowercase one. The one that has the uppercase M is like an Italian DJ dance queen that is amazing. But look for the all lowercase Mooney um, and follow me on socials at Seth is Mooney. My first name is Seth. So S-E-T-H-I-S-M-O-O-N-Y. Seth is Mooney. Um, but yeah, follow along. Well, thank you uh, for taking a little bit of time out of your day to talk to me about you and talk to me about the music. I, I have enjoyed this so much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For more information about the show, visit us at www.yourlifethemicstate.com. Headliners is a Spring Break 83 production in association with Rodwarton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved. <laughs>